Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. In this episode, Ellie is joined by Piers Benton. A Royal Navy Logistics Officer, Piers is currently studying the postgraduate diploma in law at the University of Law in order to become a naval barrister. Piers details his unique journey into the legal world to date, offering advice on the application process throughout. Further, Piers gives us insights into his expectations of what the working world as a naval lawyer will entail. Uh, please could you tell us about your studies and your legal journey to date? Hello Ellie. So for me probably all started strangely maybe at primary school some people when they grow up maybe they want to be like at that age astronauts yeah uh, racing car drivers but I don't know what it was but something clicked that said I wanted to be a judge mm -hmm. and so maybe age 11 or something I followed that through told enough people in the family and then it came to A levels and sort of picked a few broad ones that might let me do law at university so I ended up doing economics Spanish and geography and then did the LNAT which I think is still going at the moment um, I've got a friend who's a teacher and he's become the sort of legal advisor for sick form pupils and I know it's quite a challenge preparing personal statements and really applying for university for law so I went to the University of Birmingham to study an LLB did three years there and really enjoyed it. Good course. Yeah, the LLB was fantastic. Mm -hmm. But during that time, I did a bit of work experience. So Alan and Overy had a, a day there, Norton Rose Fulbright, I suppose, the magic circle. Mm -hmm. But also just local, two weeks with the CPS, two yes. weeks with local solicitors, solicitors, family and sort of criminal law background. And it was during those two weeks, I just felt that maybe I wasn't mature enough, having seen the cases being dealt with mm -hmm. and the exposure it just wasn't there yet and also the the solicitor element didn't quite I played hockey at university mm -hmm. and I really enjoyed that team ethos so I think I was looking for something more so it, it comes around to January of final year and everyone's saying what are you doing when you graduate I'm sure people know the, the questions <laughs> and so it was at that point I, I looked outside of 
uh, typical legal organizations and actually came across the Royal Navy to an extent. I say that now uh, with a caveat because it's not a typical legal organization at all. And in fact, it's not a legal organization. Mm -hmm. But there was an avenue in applying for a logistics officer post or any officer, to be fair, that a pathway could become available to train law in the future. It was absolutely not certain, but at the time, enjoying physical pursuits, potentially wanting to see more of the world and, again, being that team organisation. So the armed forces really stuck out for me and the Royal Navy was one based being an island nation. We very much depend on maritime trade. It's a very important area. So after university applied, or during university applied for that, and then after graduating, again, did a bit of uh, property law with a small company, say, houses of multiple occupation. So someone would build a house, knock the rooms together and increase the, the occupants. And a lot of that area is sort of evictions, again, seeing that side of the, the coal face law. So actually going to court, doing some, I can't remember what Section 18 or whatever, evictions, as well as preparing legal documents and packs for the CEO as it were it was a very small company so first name terms etc with the owner and after that I'd also done advocacy if there are any LLB students who may be passionate about public speaking or looking at the barrister route advocacy as a module I really enjoyed maybe it's that avenue into mooting which is always a good skill for anyone whether it's solicitors or barristers just the advocacy powers of communication preparation beforehand paperwork etc and so that I enjoyed before joining the Navy in May 2016. And then I suppose the question was my career until now. And then, so we're 2023 and that's been seven years in the in the Navy or just under in various guises. Wow, yeah, it's really interesting actually. Well, first of all, how you kind of came to be involved in the Navy, but particularly sometimes when we interview people, they kind of, as, as you said, you've had an interest in law for a long time, but sometimes they're kind of a really diehard, want to be a solicitor, really diehard, want to be a barrister. But it seems like you had a really good amount of experience in both before you kind of, you know, even before the Navy sort of side of things. Did you feel, was there one particular side that appealed to you or were both of interest? That's a good question. I think it's important in anything to do research. Mm-hmm. Preparation prevents poor performance. It's probably a, a mantra that has, I've, I've learned over the years. And for having seen the solicitor side, I'm glad that potentially the magic circle's got that allure, working mm-hmm. the long hours and having a big reputable name. But actually, different areas appeal to different people. And I think that's the most important thing, that you get what's right for you as an individual and that element of what works personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that is, I think that's very, very true. Me and Katie, obviously, on very different sides of kind of where we want to pursue um, the law. And obviously, you've chosen the barrister route. And kind of, I'm interested quite a lot, just as a slight detour, in the advocacy thing. We have a lot of people say it's something they struggle to get into. Obviously, there's public speaking and things you can you can do with that. So is that something you did during your LLB? Exactly that. Mm-hmm. It was a module that was offered. So mm-hmm. the LLB, do your sort of compulsory ones as mm-hmm. people listening to this podcast should hopefully be aware. Crime, criminal, oh, crime, criminal, mm-hmm. tort, contract, public or English legal system, mm-hmm. I believe it's nowadays. And then as well as land, 
discuss whether EU law, we did a retained EU law this right. time round, and a trust and equity. But in the final year, when you've got the ex- ability to choose, I think I did family law, counterterrorism, mm-hmm. commercial tax, and this advocacy module, which which really was preparing for a, a large mooting sort of throughout but with provisions and under instruction so it was really helpful yeah it sounds really really interesting and definitely something maybe as i get further on in the law degree i should look at um but yeah so so now kind of focusing again on as you said seven years in the navy which is very impressive first of all just from I sort of said to you before we started recording I did go to UOB it has quite a big well now it has quite a big navy presence at the uni was that something that you were aware of when you were there or something just you got interested in after so strangely it wasn't anything I'd contemplated at all I know mm-hmm. universities offer the OTC officer training center maybe it's called and ERNU the university royal naval unit mm-hmm. so that offers students the ability to just exposure and to experience what it could be like life in the armed forces whether that's going to evenings where I don't want to say they do drill or ceremonial displays but more understanding the wider context maybe the importance of of the military and current national politics and national security but for me no it wasn't I stumbled upon it and hadn't had any close family within the navy and so it was just it was actually a bit of a curveball for some people but the absolute best decision I've I've ever made yeah Mm, I suppose it's it's quite a commendable aspect then getting involved in the navy that you it's not something that you need to you know necessarily have the contacts or potentially even be working towards from like a really really young age it's something that you can get involved with and then you know become your main career and now quite a quite a broad question can you kind of overview what a career in the Royal Navy does entail? Absolutely so broad and variety is the spice of life Mm -hmm. but there are areas that you can specialize in so Mm -hmm. uh, there's warfare but that's people who drive the ship or operate the systems on board there's the engineers and you've got those who keep the ship at sea so propulsion and then weapon engineers who keep the sensors the sonars and the weapon systems running on these are warships we're talking about and then for me personally it was logistics and what that entails is again broad within itself sort of a jack of all trades master of none but you, you do learn so much and that was so catering that's logistics the supply chain keeping the ship at sea if a a part breaks then we need to get or if equipment breaks we need a spare part part to fix it and then following that is the hr side Mm -hmm. and within hr you have pay allowances travel queries moving people places but you've also got that legal element Mm -hmm. and that's why logistics suits quite well a logistics officer the naval legal service tend to bring or draw their members or the naval barristers from this card. Really interesting. And sort of to combine, I'm sure that our listeners have heard a lot about the kind of more traditional, you know, you finish the LLB, then you have the either kind of bar training else lister. How does that kind of combine with join, joining the, the Royal Navy? Do you do it at the same sort of time or...? So no, it's completely different. So for the Royal Navy, they want to people, women and men, to have proven themselves as credible 
officers or just good at their job, well-rounded. It's really important to the Royal Navy to have people who understand the environment they're going to work in. So therefore, when you're giving that legal advice to the commanding officer of a ship, she or he will want to know that they've got reliable legal advice Mm -hmm. and that it's someone who understands the picture, understands more the implications, and that wouldn't necessarily come from someone who's just done an LLB Mm. and then BPC and then pupillage. So from that side, the Navy has you do time at sea, spend time away or in various assignments, and then it becomes... And then after that, you can do EDL, which is what I'm doing at at the moment, and that's because my law degree, unfortunately, was more than five years old, so they become non-qualifying. Mm-hmm. considered stale in other words so but it's been a really helpful refresh mm-hmm. and actually just the law has changed prime examples for people who are aware is the gosh test of dishonesty that's now ivy and gentings casino yeah. so that was a large change but there's there's more than that and it's the critical evaluation piece that's mm-hmm. so important for lawyers so the navy will then support with the pgdl bpc mm-hmm. and then a subsequent pupillage and i think that's what's also very attractive but as i said i've been in the navy for five and a half years almost Mm -hmm. before starting even that that process of becoming a naval barrister the other services the british army and the royal air force they recruit directly from the civilian population Mm -hmm. so if you've got a if you're qualified and trained as a solicitor or have already done your pupillage then it's definitely something to look for Mm -hmm. Um, and experience that side yeah that's that's really really interesting I actually didn't know that it was I knew that there was like a time limit on LLBs but five years I suppose that feels like it could go really quickly but I I imagine also really helpful even though you've had this five years maybe not legal always in the the Navy that you've you actually had experience before joining in different kind of legal areas and yeah so so essentially doing the the GD the PGDL obviously with Katie Okay, so are you still, during this year, I know it's really, really intense, yeah. are you still kind of doing work with the Navy at the same time, or is it almost like you have a that, that time to study? So it's full-time student mm-hmm. during the period of the PGDL, September through to about May is our last exam, and then in the summer period before BPC course mm-hmm. starts next, I'm back to the Navy. They'll have their pound of flesh, as it were, but rather... So supporting maybe with, with casework, what I can do because I'm still unqualified, but mm-hmm. within the Naval Legal Service, well, there are additional elements. There's professional developments. So I've got a leadership course to go on, and that will be in the Brecon Beacons. In there's a week in Portsmouth and a week in Wales as well to do plenty of walking and, and keeping fit under in military uniform. <laughs> wow, that is, uh, I mean, such a kind of great week to do it, but very intense. <laughs> kind of the student holidays, I guess, are, are Navy time. But very, very interesting. I suppose that I kind of have two separate questions that we can do it. First of all, the process of applying to the Royal Navy as you originally did. And then also that process of almost, I suppose, like getting into the legal area of the Royal Navy and kind of what that entails. So for the Royal Navy, it's relatively, I don't want to say simple application. Mm-hmm. It's got to be something you arguably want. I think that's the, the most important thing to, to do the research and, and question that... 
speak with people i think most people in the services will be more than happy to talk about their experiences and share that and if that sounds like something that people want to do listening to this maybe then research it and, and get an idea for it there are plenty of ways to get an, an acquaint as it were so the process is slightly different to maybe a civilian job there's a initial application psychometric tests i mean that ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. It's no different, but then a SIFT interview and then a fitness test they need to do a, a medical record etc but depending on the standard logistics the medical requirements for eyesight for example aren't quite the same for pilots and then after that they had what was called an admiral interview board so it was a two-day assessment center there this was when i was doing it i do caveat that the potential elements of change whether they've condensed it into one day but there's a fitness tests and planning exercises so you get given a some details and are required to do almost speed distance time a scenario of maybe providing humanitarian aid because that's something definitely that the armed forces is able to provide globally and then subsequent to that you you join and start basic training in dartmouth of all places so that was application to the navy and then the naval legal service again i think i think i mentioned you need to prove yourself as a a credible (laughs) officer so by doing that your reports will be considered you speak with your commanding officer she or he is the, the head of establishment and so that's whether that's from a ship or a different an air station etc and they need to support your application and then that then goes to a panel there's something called the service prosecution authority so maybe i think we'll talk about the service justice system mm-hmm. later but they are similar to the Crown Prosecution Service. And for there, there was a two-day acquaint. And they use the, the funny word acquaint because it is a bit of an assessment. They, you're encouraged to do an examination of a witness, mm-hmm. a preparation of some, some legal advice, and also looking at potential disputes around international waters. So it's just assessing how you can think and an ability to communicate that effectively. Following that, you go to a selection board of the head of the Naval Legal Service, which feels intimidating at the time, but, and again, sort of the branch manager there of how that'll fit in with the overall career. Mm -hmm. So that fits in. And then after that interview board, luckily I was successful and had just under a year to wait until starting legal training. Okay, so sort of following on from that, as you said, it's quite a competitive and difficult process. 
if you hadn't got sorry, naval barrister, what what would you kind of have done within the navy? So at the time, I'd have probably been extremely ums- upset and reevaluated things. But for me, the navy's been a like fantastic opportunity. So although they only take between two to four, depending on the requirement for barristers. Had I not got it, my logistics officer training and career so far has, has been so diverse and fantastic, whether that's supporting helicopters, I was lucky enough to go on the aircraft carrier and then moving stores, spare parts and people around the Middle East sort of last six months of last year. So actually, although I'd have been disheartened temporarily, I'm sure it's about sort of that resilience and getting back and, and being able to say well actually there are elements yeah at, at the moment it's hard to say what ifs but I'm sure I'd have stuck with the Navy and maybe continued that mm-hmm. career to uh, an element and looked at a legal element d- afterwards but it's hard to say I suppose. Yeah thank you very much I suppose it's something that continually comes up it's such a long process even as a civilian to kind of become a barrister and things you have to be prepared for that kind of failure aspect and well not failure but you know the plan not going perfectly <laughs> to... yeah like those hurdles at us doesn't it and mm-hmm. um, it's how we deal with them I suppose and yeah that, that's something for everyone a, a bit of resilience keep, keep going something that a bit of a cheesy quote is achieving your dreams is easy but knowing what they are that's the hard part if you've got a goal in mind and something you can drive towards mm-hmm. and then hopefully that's that's achievable Perfect. Well, thank you very much. That's I think that's a really, really good quote. Thank you. Again, I've, slightly similar to what I've asked you, but curious because I, I know very, very little about this, if I'm honest, with the pupillage. Mm. Obviously, usually it's sort of through the pupillage gateway and you spend a year with the chambers. Um, would that be how you'd apply? Or does I was just wondering if, there, if certain chambers were linked to the Navy or if there's anything like that, or whether you kind of do your pupillage within the Navy. So that's a really valid question. So it's not, it is with a chambers external to the Navy, but the Navy's got good working relationships, having had pupils who've even proven themselves prior in the organisation already. Potentially they've got those powers, they've been developed and, and have different skills that chambers might be looking for. And so there are some almost repeat chambers that would want to have naval pupils and so that is supported and as, uh, as well you're being supported by the Navy at the same time so that it's less of a burden on chambers to be taking new pupils. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting. So sort of a slightly different, very similar kind of process but slightly different if you're kind of going as a like independent barrister. And there's just one final question before we focus on sort of military law and the service justice system a little bit. Just because it kind of came to me now, me and Katie talk quite a lot about she's doing the GDL, I'm essentially doing an LLB, I'm doing it a BA in law essentially um you you've studied them both do you have any like obviously not a preference but kind of how do they compare I know that you've not finished your GDL but is that something you've thought about no sort of throwing the question on you so no problem if not so I suppose I'll let you know when the results come out (laughs) but for me the GDL is a faster pace Mm -hmm. it's more concise you've got less time to sort of appreciate the nuances and really deep dive into Mm -hmm. They're quite interesting topics. I think a prime example would be Crown and Brown mm-hmm. in criminal law. I think in the PGDL, it's very much a potential area of analysis or questions, but it, it, it almost feels like you're, you're flying through, you're mm-hmm. learning the law in order to prepare for something else, whereas okay. the LLB, 
And it's because it's an undergraduate degree, you're able to absorb things at a slower rate, get mm-hmm. to know the cases a bit more and really sort of understand the facts and, and read mm-hmm. the judgments and the dissenting elements, which and maybe at GDL you just don't quite have the time mm-hmm. to get all of that packed into one year. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, simply just time time constraints. But no, very interesting. Yeah, it's satisfying because I finally, I'm in first year, so I've just done criminal law. Mm. So it's nice to actually recognise some of the names of the cases you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, so now focusing on kind of the service justice system and how that involves with your kind of, well, future, I suppose, responsibilities. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, thank you for noting future. I'm <laughs> not the expert yet, and I'm sure I'd be a long way to ever be an expert in, in this area. But the principal area, there, there are many areas of law that Navy, naval barristers mm-hmm. will advise on. Tree law, international law, maritime law, even employment law, European law, and potentially health and safety and environmental law. The service justice system falls under the military law, And where that's important is there are regulations that members of the armed forces are subject to, predominantly Armed Forces Act, which have offences that wouldn't apply to the civilian population. So what we mean by that is if a woman or man is is late for work, I don't want to say for for Sainsbury's or Waitrose, (laughs) it's not necessarily going to be the impact or implications that we have in the military, where we call it AWOL. Mm-hmm. absent without leave and why that's so important is the routine and structure and orders that are required to be followed having seen if a ship is due to sail there are ramifications as important as a window there's a reason why a ship's sailing at that time and if there's someone on board who needs to be on board and isn't then that's got huge implications not just for that one individual not just for their department but for the whole ship and if that ship doesn't sail then maybe it's providing defense for a better word or protection for other ships and so then the whole group or task force and then if that was in a wider joint environment there's a a lot of knock-on effects so it's important that we maintain the high standards that the military's got a high reputation for and that is done through the service justice system and that provides the sort of military court service for criminal court service for Royal Navy, Army and Air Force either in the court martial or summary appeal court and that summary hearings are fantastic things which I have had exposure to Mm -hmm. similar to magistrates they're sort of the summary hearings rather than indictable and so anyone can elect for court martial but the summary hearing the commanding officer she or he would hear the case Mm-hmm. But it's so important as right to a fair trial. There are potential the implications or sentences could could vary from a restriction of privileges mm-hmm. and stoppage of leave up to a fine or a, a period of detention in the military correctional training centre. And so what that means is the service justice system has to be fair. So mm-hmm. on board a ship, you might not have the legal advisor on the ship. However, the logistics officer role through that HR piece is able to reach back to qualified naval barristers Mm -hmm. who then return information. There's a summary hearing review cell on completion to make sure that everything's been complied with to ensure that service personnel, the lady or man who stood in front of that commanding officer, are receiving fair justice. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and I can imagine the kind of importance of that within the military. And just, this is slightly to something you said earlier, can you go all the way to judge within the Navy, kind of working in Navy law? So no, although mm-hmm. that was my aspiration, as it were, that we do have judge advocate generals, okay. but that's, that is not a military role. Um, mm-hmm. but the advocate general is normally qualified civilian barrister mm-hmm. but they they have had potentially could have had experience a previous one did have experience within the navy left and then followed that but i think the judge pathline requires so many hours in court mm-hmm. either sort of a district recorder and, and to build up yeah no definitely it's a sort of a very long long career um goal eventually and this this is kind of a specific question but i was just curious because a lot of what we're hearing right now again with comparison with a slightly different Royal Barristers they're like delays in court and particularly like a criminal case and things like that with because the naval kind of like military law seems to operate slightly separately I was almost I suppose I'm almost asking about efficiency (laughs) does it mean that when you're talking about ensuring that they see their justice is it quite a quick process hard question potentially current affairs i like it no i think we suffer some of the same constraints mm-hmm. as let's call it the civilian the court system and what i mean by that is we were also affected so the court martial center is a bullford mm-hmm. and that had the same covid closures so we did move online sentences moved online uh, there's still a, a capacity element and as with all things courts are busy places plenty of people passing through them with plenty of cases and and offenses so although it is ex i wouldn't say is expedited in any way Mm -hmm. it's that it takes him out appropriate amount of time to Mm -hmm. to follow the the due process so just because we're in the military and are are seen as efficient i wouldn't say we have that absolute streamlined Mm -hmm. process that ensures trials are done and dusted within a couple of days you still have to have the the correct Mm -hmm. lead times etc so although there's not there's no noticeable backlog i wouldn't be able to comment fully on on that area but i hadn't seen any Mm -hmm. yeah that's really interesting kind of i I suppose it's true covid's gonna affect all, all areas of life and just sort of as a final it's something we com- commonly ask and it's quite a different angle here if you were giving advice to anyone I suppose interested in joining the Royal Navy and also joining the Royal Navy in a legal capacity what would sort of be your your main advice for that so the world according to Piers Benton <laughs> would be to just make the most of any opportunity you can whether you go and seek it yourself mm-hmm. whether someone offers something or do you fancy doing this both socially personally and professionally I mean I suppose I always did a lot of extracurricular mm-hmm. e- elements but the more you expose to, to then it can just broaden you never know what what's coming so therefore helping at that that element might build your network both for the Royal Navy or any walk of life so it's sort of more you see mm-hmm. the more you can tailor what you want to do whether it's leadership management styles you can see good leaders and, and take from them and you can see those who you think areas where oh, i wouldn't necessarily do it like that but it's just about completely putting yourself out there and and making the most of of what we can mm-hmm. thank you very much yeah that's really helpful yeah well thank you so much for agreeing to become an and be interviewed for the podcast. That's all right. Thank you, Law Talks. Perfect. <laughs>